Good evening, folks. How is everyone tonight? So um, I am going to be um, talking for a while. Well, I have been talking for a while. I start with that Psalm 139 about the heart, our heart looking at our heart. Yeah, ours, not anybody else's. No good looking at anybody else's. All that does is deflect you from taking a look at yours. Uh, let me tell you. Anyway, say, oh, no, mine's all set. Then you know what I'm going to say to you? Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Who could know it? So if you think yours is all set, then according to Proverbs, you're a fool. So it's not all set. None of our hearts are all set. So the Mark 7, verse 14. Um, and I know with this heart thing, I know you guys are not afraid to hear the truth. And that's good because, you know, I'm not afraid to tell it either. So that's all good. So we're together. So that's good. Uh, Mark 7, verse 14. After he called the crowd <clears throat> to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, you, and understand, there is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So what does that mean? That means, listen, people... In poor neighborhoods, you have a, a tendency to say, oh, yeah, a lot of crime goes on. Oh, yeah, it's the external because of where they live. Now, understand, the external, don't get me wrong, it now will, of course, they all got, we've all got the same hearts. Now, because of external circumstances, yeah, they will do things because of their impoverished situation. But the, the area that they live, the external area that they live, doesn't make their heart more corrupt. No. You've seen a corrupt man in the White House. There's corrupt people in Buckingham Palace. A very corrupt man in the White House. Very corrupt. No. It doesn't matter what you've got. That our hearts are the same. Our hearts are all the same. It's what comes out of the heart. Have you ever seen a worm inside of an apple or a little maggot. Yeah, you've seen that. What was that? An egg was laid in the blossom, right? It wasn't that that worm buried its way in. It's now that that worm is trying to bury its way out. That's just like sin. That is just like our sin. So I can say, for example, now, I think if I was in the same position of Hitler, I could have done the same. I was in the position of Peter, I could have done the same. I'm not going to say, oh, no, not me. Not me. That's deceit. No, I could have done the same. If I was influenced by the same psychosocial factors going on at the time, could have done the same. This is what we have to understand. This is what Jesus wants them to know. And look what he says. If anyone has the ears to hear, let him hear, because a lot of people don't want to hear that. Lord, when he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. 
And he said to them, are you lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man, see, into the man from outside cannot defile him? See, it cannot defile him. That's why, oh, yeah, there's people living in, in this area now, uh, uh, South Providence. Oh, yeah, they're in poverty. Yeah, they do all of this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not that. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Of course, of course, in people in impoverished situations are more likely to make, commit crime than people who are wealthy. That's common sense. You know, wealthy people don't need to commit crime. But what I'm saying is that just because a person is externally wealthy doesn't mean that their hearts are not corrupt. They're just as corrupt. That's what I'm saying. You know, a lot of people have this, this even a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, scholars or sociology, oh, well, yeah, of course they don't go to sin. Yeah, it's because they were living there. No, no, look at Michael Milken. Michael Milken started stealing when he was making over $100 million a month, uh, a month, uh, a year in the 80s. In the 80s, Michael Milken was the junk bond king of Wall Street, right? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a question of the art, not the amount. There's wealthy people that steal as well as poor people. And some people like to say, oh, well, you know, that ethnicity of people are more sinful. Whites, black, Hispanics, Asians are just as sinful. Everybody is fallen, really. Well, what about Beverly Hills 90210? Are they fallen? Yes, they're fallen. They are fallen, folks. Yes. In fact, actually, you know what? There's more that's been stolen with a pen than what's been stolen with a gun. Let me tell you that now. Okay? So, being in corporate America, I know how it works. When he left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the power. And he said to them, are you so lacking? In understanding also, do you not understand that what goes in the mind cannot define? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. This is where defilement to God comes from. It comes from the heart. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart proceed the evil thoughts. Don't forget, this is representative, not exhaustive. So there's more than this. Thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. I am going to be here for a while, like I was in that Psalm 139 for a while. And so everything that you do, it comes out of your heart. Listen, everybody's starring at the same place in terms of sin. Everybody is starring at the same place. Everybody is just as sinful. It's just, this is what you have to understand. Is, I heard somebody talking about gossip. Could be gossiping wherever is what we have to understand. We have to. This is key, folks, for the successful Christian 
walk, we have to get our hearts under control. This is key. You know, I remember <clears throat> when I taught my son how to drive, you know what I focused on? I focused so much in our first lesson on the brake. So much. It wasn't, and it wasn't just a case, well, the brake's there, the accelerator's there, let's go. No, 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 no. You under the brakes there. You understand that the brakes there. You understand, believe me, drumming it into him. You know why? I wanted to make sure he had the capability of getting, of having the car under control. You can teach a kid. Any kid can put his foot down on the accelerator. Can he control it to stop it? Really, can he control it to stop it? So I pounded the brake as, I mean, so much. You know what? What scripture pounds us? Sin. And I'll tell you what, this is not this whole idea of sin so that we can have this self-righteous attitude with people. No, it's getting the heart under control, getting the things that influence the heart under control so that we could have the blessed best life. Because here's what sin does. Sin causes us to think that we are God and we can essentially write our own tickets. No, we have got to follow God. Our life is one of obedience to God so that God can write these big tickets in every area of our lives. We can't write our own tickets. Sin is designed to take us over a cliff. Really, it's designed to take us over a cliff. Sin cannot win. So it's about getting our lives under control. And every sin that comes out of the heart, God wants us to get it under control. Yes, we fall at times and we get back up. But here's what God wants to make sure is that we're not staying down, meaning that we're not practicing it. We are not practicing it, or we are not stuck between, you know, uh, ungodliness and godliness, that the things that we are doing are the things that we should be doing. Not like what Paul said, the things I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing. And what I should be doing, I'm not doing. This is what we have to get under control. You want the blessed life. You want the life. You're saying, oh, this person's blessed. That person's blessed. Well, it could be that they have got their heart under control. Well, you know, my <clears throat> I remember when my son was uh, uh, saying his friends are uh, endricate. Oh, this one's taking his, uh, his, his, his dad's car to school. That one's taking his uh, dad's car to school. Because for a while, I had him on the bus. He's taking his dad's car. Well, hey, maybe he's good at driving and he's got the car under control. That is fine. You know what? You'll be doing that when you get the car under control too. You'll be living the blessed life. When we get our hearts under control, you know what? We will live the blessed life. Watch how God will totally transform things. This year, folks, I got to say this. Make this your mission 
to get your heart under control. No, shouldn't be a mission to control anybody else. No, it should be a mission to control yourself. That is a sin, trying to control somebody else when you're not even controlling yourself. Wouldn't it be crazy if I didn't have, could you imagine what the roads would be like if I didn't have control of my car or I was trying to control another driver? Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't there be accidents all over the place? Really? But that's what's going on in life. Really, that is what's going on in life. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to say, this defiles me. This defiles me. Anger would, you would not be in a room. With, I would, it would be scary in a room with me a long time ago. I knew that that defiled me. It def I did not care because I didn't care about myself. It defiled me. It was a defilement. There's certain other things. You know, I work with, with, with uh, um, my son, and I remember he was saying, said to me, wow, Dad, it's been a long time since we argued. And I said, and I even used him as a father. I said, well, you know, well, son, your dad's growing. Your dad's growing. Well, I didn't even put it on him. You know, your dad's growing. And he really appreciated that. We gotta get, get straight. What defiles you? What can come out? What can come out and trip you up? You know what? There are booby traps inside of us. We have seen so many famous people come to fame and the, the heart has tripped them up. Their heart has tripped them up, whether it be pride, rage, anger, greed, their heart has tripped them up. Look at that. Uh, sorry, I was saying about, I was watching that documentary about Bernie Madoff. He could have been successful in his own right, but his heart tripped him up. Think about what trips you up in some of your relationships. Really, think about what trips you up in life. Do you have resentments? Do you have impatience? Do you have jealousy? Jealousy is a big one. Do you uh, do you cover? You know, do you do you cover? Are you impulsive? Many many people get tripped up by by being impulsive. Many many people. Here's an example. There are people who've run up hundreds of thousands of dollars on credit cards by impulsive spending. These are the impulsive spending. Oh, I, I need it. I, I, I need it. Yeah, yeah. Give my credit. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Impulsive spending. Yeah, I, 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 I just need it. There's many people tripped up by impulsive eating. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, that looks, that looks nice. Many people tripped up by Impulsive laziness. Oh, you know, I'll do it later. I'll just lay on the couch. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, just, just uh, 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 lay away. A lot of people tripped up by procrastination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. A lot of people tripped up by gossip. Yeah, yeah, that person is there. Yeah, that, yeah, that person is that. A lot of gossip prevents you from working on your heart, as we talked about before. As long as I can gossip about somebody else and make them seem better. You know, there's a lot of people 
who get into this comparison. Oh, no, I know I'm going to uh, heaven. It's people like Hitler and all those people who are not going. No, 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 no. A lot of people, oh, I'm a good person. I, I'm a good person. A lot of people say I'm a good person because they haven't done anything uh, that egregious in their own mind. It, this is why I'm saying the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It will be very difficult for someone to say, wow, well, I shouldn't even go to jail, let alone go into heaven for all damnation. Do you see how the heart deceives you? Really, the heart actually deceives. In fact, actually, here's why the heart is so deceptive. I guarantee you, if somebody had said to David, you are not only going to commit adultery, but you're going to have the the husband of the woman you commit adultery with, you're going to have a murder date. No way. No way. In fact, Nathan even went to David and gave him the story about this man who had all of these lambs and this other man only had one. And the man went and took that lamb. David stood up enraged. Where's the man? He's going to pay him. <laughs> you're the man. You see how wicked the heart is? And how deceitful it is, you don't even know it. You do not even know it. Do you know there are radicals out there going into schools, doing shooting? These uh, 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 radical militia people like Timothy McVeigh. You know what I call it? I call it the uh, GGS, the greater good syndrome. Somehow, there are people who do evil, and in their minds, it's a way that they can justify, I'm doing a greater good. I am doing a greater good. These are the social scourge in Akane. Hey, the Nazis did it with six million people. They did it. It's very easy to do this greater good syndrome. I call it the GGS, the greater good sin. That's the heart. You can justify anything. In your own mind, look at Joseph Stalin. Oh, you kill one person, you're a murderer. Kill millions, you're a conqueror. You can justify anything in your own mind. What am I saying? I am saying you cannot trust your own heart. You have got to leave that to God. And afterwards, afterwards, look what David said to God in Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and see if there's any evil way, because he didn't know. He, don't forget, this was a man in power. He was the king. And wow, I could be responsible for having thousands of people murdered. So he asked God, because he wanted to be a responsible king, right? He asked God, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in your way everlasting. Really? We, we've got to. There are people who do... Is the reason a lot of people say, oh, how could that person, the BTK killer, bind, torture, kill? And that guy, that guy was, that guy was so evil. So killing families, you know, strangle the family almost to death and then let them up. And they'd be doing that for hours. This guy was so evil, bind, torture, kill. You know, you got a name, bind, torture, kill. You are evil. But what do these people do? They detach themselves from what they're doing. It's very easy to compartmentalize yourself. 
from what you do. It's very easy to justify saying, listen, people know that stealing's wrong. They, these people know that killing's wrong. People know that, but it's very easy to justify it in your own mind. Very easy to justify it. Come on. I don't, you don't need, nobody needs to go to somebody on the street, you know, thou shalt not kill. They already know, but they're able to justify it in their own mind. They're able to justify gossip. There are people who leave church, go back home from the church and trash everybody in the church. Trash everybody. Oh, you see her? Blah, blah. You know what? Because they're able to justify. They know that that is not right. Oh, what a sinner. Look at the Pharisees. Look at them. And <laughs> we right that you are, we're Abraham's children and we are not sinners. It's very easy to justify anything that you do. You know why? Because it's very easy to justify what you've done. I remember this Christian man. I sent this story to Sandy. I love this man. This man had so much integrity. His son, this man was a Christian, but his son was the most prolific arsonist in American history. And he saw a composite sketch of his son. The first thing he said, he didn't say like all of these other people out there who justified the bad deeds of some of our leaders, he was truthful and he said, that looks like my son, Paul. i never forget how it, I said, this man has integrity, really. Most people want to say, no, that doesn't look like my son. That, he said, that looks like my son, Paul. And this man, this man actually worked with the FBI. The FBI didn't take the son down for like a couple of weeks. And the FBI said, yeah, you're going to have to pretend like nothing has happened. Of course, the FBI were, uh, had him under surveillance if he did anything. And I'll never, ever forget when they arrested the guy. I mean, this guy set fire to an old folks' home. It was horrible. And, and the guy was laughing with the FBI when they were interviewing. He said, oh, I want you to know I'm not really a bad person. I'm a, I'm a good guy. I'm a, you know, I'm a good guy. I just made a few mistakes. I'll never, ever, ever ever forget how easy and this kid was a sociopath he used to beat up he was the oldest he used to beat up his younger sister his younger brother the parents always knew that there was something wrong but even when they had him with all of these fires all of these fires i want you to know you know i'm not really a bad guy it's very easy to justify anything in your own mind when you can look at your heart and see, look at yourself, look at your heart and see what God sees and be honest about it and get that under control, you are living the blessed life, my, my friend. I'm telling you, you are, when you can see what God sees, no, not that you see what God sees. No, that's not there. No, that's not there. I'm all set. When you can do that, you can see. Here's the reason why the Pharisees rejected Christ. 
They refuse to see in themselves what God saw. They refuse. Even when they look what they said, oh, we cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. They refused. It was willful ignorance. And that's why he said to him, he said, oh, so you say that you see, which means then that your sin still remains. It's not that you say that you see that you have no sin. You say that you see and you're denying your sin. So it still remains, meaning that the wrath of God is still on you. It's very important. We examine our heart. Don't try to examine anybody else's. No, don't be a cardiologist with anyone. No, examine your own heart, your own heart. That's the thing. And in fact, actually, once you get that under control, it qualifies you to make better judgments for other people. See, right now you're being partial to other people. I could not have been a pastor and be counseling people years ago. My heart was not in the right condition. I could not have done. In fact, actually, I would have hurt people instead of being able to help them. Really, it is important that you examine your heart, that you examine some of the wounds. We live in a society now that's very angry because now people have all of these wounds. They don't even know it's in their own heart. The way that they deal with it is lashing out on somebody else. No, you deal with that, you and God, just as David said, search me, O Lord. So it's heart examination time. And we're going to Dr. Jesus to do it. First prayer point. Lord God, give me the grace, the discernment, Lord God, the empowerment, Lord God, and the discipline, Lord God, to get any booby traps in my heart under control. You know, when our soldiers went to Vietnam, all throughout the jungle, there were booby traps. You know, booby traps is something that you don't know there is there. There is there. You only know it's there when you step on it. And booby trap is typically a bomb. There are things that we don't know are there in our hearts. Boom! At the time, boom. Lord God, give me the grace to get all of the booby traps, the things in my heart I do not know that are there that are going to take me off the edge of a cliff. Give me the grace to get them under control. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Father, I praise your holy name. Father, I pray that you will give me the grace to get all of my booby traps under control, Lord God. We ask in Jesus that give me the grace to get all of my booby traps under control, Father, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, one thing I respect about that man that I told you about, that Christian man who said that, that looks like my son, is that he told the truth. And of course, of course, he knew there would be such deep consequences. His son is never, ever, ever going to come out of prison, ever. And this man, we had to deal with lawsuits, and he did 
the right thing. You know, many of us with our leaders, we don't. We see them doing wrong and we lie for whatever reason. Let's tell the truth. Lord God, give nobody is bigger than the truth. Understand that. If my son does something wrong, my son needs to be called out. I need to be called out. Nobody is bigger than the truth. You know, when you deny the truth, you know what you do? You deceive your own heart. Really. In fact, in the last days, scripture said, God is going to send this a deceiving spirit to people who have rejected Christ. They're going to be even more deceived. Don't, do not walk in willful ignorance over anything, over your own kid. There's some people with their own kid. Oh, he did that. No, not my kid. I'll never forget that, that, um, that story. As I said, I sent it over to Sandy because I was so impressed with that man. You know, it wasn't, oh, it looks like him, but it's not really him. He said, that looks like my son Paul. Lord God, give me the grace. Give me the grace to walk in truth, Lord God. I do not want my heart to deceive me. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise your holy name, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you will give me the grace, Lord God, to walk in truth, Lord God. I do not want my heart to deceive me, Lord God. Give me the grace to walk in truth at all times, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are some people who may even have an illness. No, I'm not going to the doctor because they, they would prefer to be in this willful ignorance than to know the truth and get it addressed. That is no way to live. It's self-deception. So Lord God, give me the grace to always, this derivative of the same prayer, to always speak truth, to always see truth, to not be self-deceived, Lord God, to speak truth regardless of the consequences. You know what? We do this. We will live a blessed life. There's no blessings in deceit. You know, Shakespeare said it right. To your own self, be true. You have to be. So, Father, Lord God, give me the grace, Lord God, to not to um, be blinded by self-deception, Lord God, not to want to have my ears tickled, Lord God, but to walk in truth, Father, to be transparent, Lord God, embrace truth. Your word says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Give me the grace, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name. Father, I do not want my heart to deceive me anymore, Lord God. Give me the grace to always walk in truth, Father Lord. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to um, pray for... Uh, Anyone who's sick, Doreen, uh, Stephanie, uh, Mother, Lamar, uh, Dati, uh, and anybody else who is sick. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name. We lift up Lamar, Dati, Lord God, Doreen, Lord God, Stephanie, and her mother, Lord, and anybody else here who is sick, Lord God, that you will bring healing, Father, Lord God, that you would bring healing for them all, Lord God. Open up their bodies, Father, Lord God, for your super duper 
power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit medicine, Lord God. Well, their bodies are already opened up, actually. So I just pray that you will bring healing, Father Lord God, to every place that needs. And I pray, Father, for comfort for Daddy's uh, family, Lord God. Sandy said to me that they are already celebrating her life, Lord God. So I just pray, Lord God, that you will keep their spirits uplifted, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. The caring call, the caring call is this, is um, anyone who doesn't know the Lord. Father, Lord, I know I am a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. And I know I'm a sinner, Lord God, because you've given me a glimpse of my heart. I know my heart condition. I am sinful. So I accept you into my heart, Lord God. I accept your righteousness and I give you my unrighteousness, Lord God. I thank you for saving me. Give me the grace to walk um, the way you would walk, Father, Lord God. Give me the grace to imitate you and to be all that you have called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.